I don't know. Fuck the first mistake that that and that like I guess it brings me to the first mistake, which was um just not believing in myself at first. I was like, my structure is like a lo- little bit longer and skinnier structure. So, you know, that was my first mistake is just not believing that I could be a bodybuilder. I could get big enough. And that kind of held me back for so many years. My, you know, I just didn't push myself. I, I, I just thought, oh, you know, I'll just settle for this because I think that's what was in reach. Yeah. And I didn't even push to, to be greater than that because I just didn't think that my, my genetics and my body type would allow me to do that. So often, like we hear that, you know, about genetics and I think we let that be our glass ceiling for ourselves, right? We just kind of let it limit where we let it limit our potential because we're stuck on like, well, genetics, 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 and genetics plays like we we've had heard this before. Genetics plays such a big role, but it's not the deciding factor, hunger, um, commitment, consistency. Those are kind of more of the deciding factors I'd say in bodybuilding. Yeah, for sure. Like what did it take for you to realize that, you know, you were, you were actually able to, you know, push yourself and get to a point where you can now be competing for your pro card and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, it was just a lot of failed attempts. And then just one year, um, a friend of mine um, just was like, yeah, you're, you're going to do this show. Uh, it's in 10 weeks and you're going to do that show. And I was like, wow, uh, I don't know about that. Like, I'm not big enough. I'm not ready. Like, uh, it's so easy to just make up excuses. And he's, he just kind of he just kind of like just didn't let me. Um, back out he didn't let me quit he's like no you're doing this show it's in 10 weeks and he had won the year before this was Kohlberg um, it was Derek Carello and he had won the the year before and he's like no you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do the show I'm gonna hand I'm I won the previous year so I'm gonna hand you that trophy on stage 10 weeks we're gonna do it and that was my first time that I stepped on stage man yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah. what about you similar for me actually because I, I started from a point where I was only training for, I don't know, maybe six, six to eight months where I was actually like, you know, doing weight training before I started preparing for a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think I was ready either, but, you know, I decided that I would do it anyways. And, you know, I, it came out with a good result and I was, you know, really happy with, you know, the way it turned out. And I was, you know, really just falling in love with the sport right off the bat. I really loved you know, putting my mind to something that was, you know, so physically demanding and mentally demanding. And, uh, you know, I remember it, I'll probably always remember it, like, quite vividly going through, you know, those those morning training sessions and those evening training sessions, and, you know, kind of like, figuring out solutions along the way, like, for example, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I remember one time, like, you know, there was a power outage at the gym. So, uh okay what do I do for cardio now and I was like halfway through my workout and you know I finished off the workout in the dark and then you know the obviously you know with no power there's no cardio machines that are going to work so I was like all right so you know I I I walked home I was like okay that was 20 minutes of cardio and then I got one of those like plastic you know steppers that you find at gyms and uh, I had one of those at home so I set it up in front of the TV and I would just I just stepped up and stepped down as fast as I could you know for another 25 minutes or whatever it was left Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, it's like, you know, being able to, you know, find solutions and troubleshoot without letting yourself get too stressed out, I think is one of the, 
the major things that you can learn on a prep because yeah. you know if you allow yourself to get overly stressed now you're sending you know those signals to your body that are going to be detrimental to your physique ultimately so you have to you know figure out solutions and it, it goes into like daily life as well like for example like if you're driving and someone cuts you off or someone just you know does something that you know upsets you on the road like you have to maintain yourself you can't let yourself get upset or get road rage because again it, it goes back to you know with the signals and the chemicals in your body and you don't want to be creating this, you know, negative signaling, you know, cortisol and all, and those yeah. kind of things, you still want to be able to remain calm and just, you know, get through it. And like I said, troubleshooting. So, you yeah. know, I guess, you know, that's kind of one of the cool things that I did learn uh, early on in my bodybuilding career, but there's so many things that took years to learn, you know, many mistakes that were probably uh, made multiple times before I kind of understood, you know, the reasoning for things. So, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about those, right? Uh, what yeah. about you? Got any other things? Um, yeah, there's like, so <laughs> many mistakes, man. I remember, I remember, um, just kind of going to my first show and I've, t I think we've taught, we may have talked about this before. Like I had followed bodybuilding, but it was just from a magazine standpoint and, mm -hmm. um, and just kind of watching Mr. Olympia, um, online and stuff and uh i remember the first show that i went to was the toronto pro show and um that was the one i think it was with when when regan and Gemma and uh chris bumstead were competing i think um adam adam headlin uh from from t-rex he competed in that show too there's like a lot of like big names and uh i see them around now and it's pretty cool to just kind of like know these guys and whatever because like i remember sitting on in the crowd and just being like holy shit like these guys are monsters right <laughs> um and then staying for the pro show after again and seeing all these pros that i had seen from the magazines and stuff like that so inspirational for me um but again yeah just i wish that i actually went to i, I got out to a bodybuilding show and i got to experience that much earlier mm -hmm. um i just i i don't know what it was if i just didn't think that well they weren't really around much like the toronto Sh pro show was was kind of a new it was it was a it at that time it had just come back i think okay um so it was like its second year or third year there or something i think it was his second year um maybe third year uh but that show was not there wasn't a show in toronto before um and i just i don't know i just didn't think to like drive to montreal or niagara or go to the states or something um it's just like football like to be honest i've never seen a football game yeah i've never been at a football game not that i'm not interested in it obviously i just haven't been to one so I think that would have been another thing that I would have definitely done is try to actually go and experience a show. Um, yeah, I don't know. When's, when did you see your first show? Did you compete in your first show or did you, were you a spectator in your first show? Yeah, I did my first show. I didn't, I didn't spectate before that, but yeah. Um, but all, but all I knew really about competing was like what I learned from um, the Arnold encyclopedia. So it was like, <clears throat> you know, just what I saw in pictures and, and stuff like that. Yeah. There wasn't, um, at the time, you know, like, I think YouTube was just starting up. There wasn't like uh, such a prevalence of videos online at the time. It was mostly yeah. like uh, pictures and, and forums. There was some videos, but like the quality wasn't as great and stuff, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first show I did, you know, I, I had 
some expectations of it, but really I just, I didn't want to have too much expectation. I wanted to kind of just see what it was about and, 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 you know, have that like experience, um, you know, kind of fresh, you know, without um, having like, you know, my mind already made up about what it was going to be like. So um, yeah. So for me, you know, I think probably one of the biggest things was, you know, when I first started competing and stuff, like, it was like, for me, it was like all or nothing. So I, you know, at the time I decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I believe I was in like last year of high school when I did my first show. And then I did another show. I did three shows that first year of competing. So I did uh, the regional show uh, in the UFE, a natural organization called UFE here in Canada. Yeah. And then I did my first show in the OPA and then I did my second show in the OPA which was a provincial provincial show that was uh, Ontario Provincials um, in 2010 yeah so or sorry that was 2011 I did provincials but what happened was you know I was like winning all my classes I was juniors at the time I was winning all the junior classes Mm. uh, provincials I won that that junior provincials and uh, you know, in Canada, what you would do next is you would go to the CBBF nationals. And that was like a huge stepping stone. So at that time I was like, okay, this is it. This is all or nothing. I, I actually have to win this. And, you know, the first year, obviously I didn't win. I went in there and uh, got completely destroyed. Maybe not completely destroyed. I got third place, but yeah. you know, to me, to me from, from going off you know, three, three wins in a row, yeah, uh, I felt like I was destroyed, but obviously, you know, that's, important you know I think and that's the first lesson probably is that you have to learn how to you you need to learn how to win but you even more importantly need to learn how to lose and it's it's definitely not a loss if you can take uh, a lesson from it and if you're able to first of all lose gracefully and be a good sportsman you know like that's probably the one of the most important things is you always have to maintain you know a professional or around you uh, and and be you know graceful to the other competitors and congratulate them even if you you know feel like you know you're going to be miserable obviously everybody goes to win but you can really see the difference between people that are you know they they know how to lose and you know they take that loss you know with you know, uh, respect for themselves and the people that Mm -hmm. they, you know, blow up backstage and stuff because they lost. There's a big difference there. And, you know, I I learned that. I'm I'm fortunate to have learned that pretty quickly. And it kind of lit that fire under me that in order to continue winning, you just have to always be able to uh, push yourself for more and, and not only just physically, but even more so mentally and just realize like there's always another level. So it's like, you know, in in like you know the canadian bodybuilding you know how it was was okay the first level is that regional show and in order to to get to that you know winning of that regional show you got to be at this level and then order you know in order to get to the provincial uh win you got to get to this level and then the national level and then the pro level and then the olympia level it's like there's always going to be more levels so you know i think that's you know really important to understand that you think you know you're the best or you're doing everything you can you know where you are but it's not true. There's always another level. And, you know, even when you're at the top of your game and you're Mr. Olympia seven years straight, there's always another level to get to that eighth Mr. Olympia. And that's kind of what you have to realize that in your mind, you have to get into that next level and that's how you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me at that time, you know, there was a lot of things that I didn't learn until later. And the first thing 
I think probably the most important thing was um, that I need to that I needed to be able to understand that uh, uh, if you want to be successful in this sport, you have to learn how to be a professional, at not only with, you know, what I just discussed, but also in business and finances yeah. uh, and in relationships. So, yeah, you know, yeah. right. And first of all, like with business, you know, because a lot of money goes into the sport and you don't make a lot of money back. That's why, you know, even when you get to the professional level, even more so probably when you get to the professional level, because then it's a job, it's not a hobby anymore. Um, if you're doing this as a hobby, you can kind of decide how much money you put into it. But when you get to the professional level and you want to be good at it, now you have like at least a certain amount of money you have to put into this every single month, every week, every year, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you have to be able to make that much money. And then you also have to pay for all the other stuff that you have going on in your life. Mm -hmm. So that's a, it's a big commitment. And I didn't know that probably until uh, kind of later on in my career, like almost until like pretty recently, the last couple of years yeah. uh, that I actually learned that this is important. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say the same thing about like the winning and losing too. I had a similar experience, um, you know, won my first show, second show, um, kind of the same thing. I feel like I, I got to short. It was my first, at that time it was provincials. Um, it was a big show. I had only competed once before. And then six, seven months later, I'm stepping on a stage that, you know, I, I, I could say I had no business competing in yet looking back but also looking back i think to myself you know if i didn't do that maybe i wouldn't have become the person and the bodybuilder that i was after because that loss made me find that other gear like you said right i just I, every day i said to myself like i knew that i didn't give enough before i knew there was another gear and i knew and i just didn't want to feel that way again right i like you can you can lie and say 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 that you've put your all out to everybody one else like you've given it your all and you've done whatever you can but you can't lie to yourself and at the end of the day I knew like I had more that I could have give and um, I just was not going to step on a stage and just let that happen to me again and just be like well Wait, what happened? You just lost your uh, your sound. What happened here? Says I'm good. Okay, you're good. Um, yeah, it's such a cliche for for you to hear. Um, you know, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process. But that's part of it. Is kind of like making sure that you've given everything 100, 100% of what you have every day. Cause you don't want to look back and be like, Oh shit. Well, you know, there was that week where like, I just really, I, I probably could have went to the gym, but I just didn't really feel like going or I didn't really push myself in training and shit like that. So yeah, um, that was, that was definitely something that, you know, <clears throat> uh, I wish I can't say I wish I learned that lesson earlier because I learned that lesson, I think, at the right time. Um, but I think it's important for me, for us to tell our listeners that, like, that's a good lesson to learn. Learn to lose. <clears throat> I also wish, I wish I, uh, I found a coach or mentor earlier, like, even before I started bodybuilding because there's just so much time wasted, um, not committed 
I guess. Like I would start a diet and be like, okay, I'm going to do a show. And then, you know, two weekends later, I'm eating McDonald's. I'm like, well, I guess I got to start over again and just not really being committed. I wish I had a coach that like, and I invested some money into myself to say like, Hey, like you're going to do this show. You've already put money in it. Somebody else is counting on you. Somebody else is like guiding you through here. So you can't just like fuck this up. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something I really wish I did earlier. There's been times where I remember earlier on is like, I would diet. I'd be like, okay, let me try and cut, cut like all of my carbs shrink and wither away to like nothing. Um, Not understanding like, you know, um, glycogen levels and muscles being full and not and thinking like I just deflated and I lost everything and then just getting really down on myself that like, holy shit, like, you know, I've worked a whole year to, you know, put an inch on my arms and like within a month it was gone. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I definitely wish I had a coach and a mentor early. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. I I mean, I got lucky in the fact that I did have uh, a coach. Well, I had a trainer, a personal trainer for my first show. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to be successful in those first couple of shows. Um, but then, you know, I made the mistake of, you know, looking to, you know, like a, a more famous coach after that. I was like, okay, you know, I got to work with, uh, um, who was the next coach I worked with? I think uh, it was like Fakri Mubarak or someone like, you know, and it's just like, okay, I got I to gotta work with this guy who, who makes people into pros because that's how I'm going to be a pro. And like, you know, it was like, you know, I had a good thing going, you know, I had uh, a guy who, who cared about me and, you know, like he took me under his wing, you know, so to speak, you know, we would, you know, meet up in person. I think that was important that, you know, we were able to train together at the gym um, and I was able to, you know, pose with him in person and I was able to communicate with him in person and stuff. But then, you know, like I said, you know, I got that third place and I was like, okay, I got to get to that next level. Who's going to get me to that next level? And that was the mistake I made was it's not, it's not who's going to get you to the next level. It's you that's going to get you to the next level. And, you know, I thought that, you know, and I think this is a common mistake. And I think this is a really important thing to, to talk about is that uh, people that want to improve in fitness comp- uh, competitions, bodybuilding, they, they always tend to look for someone who's going to get them to where they want to go. But it's not the case. Okay, you can't just say, like, okay, like, I got this new coach, you know, he's, he's gonna get me or she, uh, they're gonna get me to where I want to go. Ultimately, yeah. getting to that next level is still up to you. You're the one that has to make those decisions in your mind. You're the one that has to make those day-to-day choices, minute-to-minute choices about, you know, if you're going to be that champion or not. But I fell into that trap. You know, it's like, okay, this guy is more expensive. He's more well-known. He's got more professional clients. All these things, you know, under his belt. And ultimately, like, I wasn't really happy with my result. Yeah. I did improve my placing to a second place. But, you know, I felt almost more alone like you know yeah. because before I had someone who was there with me every step of the way and you know even there with me on the night of you know we stayed in the hotel together we're posing yeah. together but then uh complete 180 I'm in the hotel by myself I'm trying to you know call this guy on the phone he's not picking up uh you know because whatever you know whatever Saturdays are for his family or whatever he said okay cool so like basically this whole this whole day is up to me and it it just made me realize like at the end of the day it is up to you and and having a coach is not you know it shouldn't be a crutch they should just be like you mentioned like they should be a mentor and someone who uh, is a mentor is someone that really does care about your success so I think that 
you know, learning that, that having uh, a coach who is maybe not, you know, uh, as prepared to give you that much attention versus someone who's getting prepared to give you that much attention is, uh, it's not the best choice to make, but again, you know, I was young and, you know, that's what I thought at the time. So from that point on, I went from coach to coach and that's <laughs> another thing, right? It's like, changing coaches constantly does not really do you a favor yeah uh, because again then you're just seeking for someone to give you a secret or you're seeking for someone to whatever give you you know that i don't know that one thing that's going to make you better but it's it's not going to happen it's just you got to find someone who cares about you you care about what they say you trust them and then you just you build that relationship and over years you get better and they get better at working with you. And that's ultimately yeah. what you want from a coach. Um, but again, you know, I fell into that trap of, of the hype. Yeah, I did. I did too, for sure. Um, and yeah, just not a good experience. Um, but it's, it's, it's a good experience too. Like bad experiences, like we just said, are good experiences because you learn. Um, it's just now for now let's give back to our, our, our listeners and hopefully they don't have to make those mistakes because we've kind of given them some guidance on that. Yeah. Um, I would say another big mistake that people and I myself made was just like investing so much into supplements and all that stuff. I mean, supplements are great, but their supplements are meant to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And, you know, I would always make sure that I had my protein, but then I would chintz out on like, you know, buying the right amount of chicken or buying chicken at all. Maybe I'd like switch to some other meat that, you know, that the quality is not as good. Maybe I just go to like, okay, I'll just get ground chicken or something, which, you know what I mean? I, I just wish that I had known that like, I don't need a lot of the stuff that I um, would, would get and, and try to make sure that I had in my cupboard a lot of that stuff is like a luxury, but it's not, it, it wasn't really needed at that time. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's actually a good one. I mean, I want to talk about what you mentioned there about the food. When I was 1920, I had a friend who was like very spiritual and, you know, I wasn't nearly as spiritual at the time. I am a little bit more now, more open-minded of course, but you know, they said something to me, they said, you know um, you know what they told me that when they ate, like chicken, you know, like grocery store chicken. They said, when I eat this chicken, you know, I feel the feelings from the animal. I feel sad and I feel like, you know, almost like scared. And I feel like the feelings that this animal had, right? Same thing, like when they would eat like beef, like mm. I can feel like feeling trapped. And I was like, I was like, that, that doesn't make sense. That can't be possible. Um, you know, but now like ha having, you know, mentors who are, you know, more open-minded than me and, you know, uh, living a little bit longer, I think has made me more open-minded to the fact that what your animal that you consume, what that animal goes through and what the animal eats becomes part of you. And, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, it's absolutely true. If you eat beef that eats corn and soy and, and crap like grains, it doesn't digest it well. And therefore you're not going to digest it well, because you look at like any of the animals in the food chain and ultimately what they eat is what they become and why would we be any different so you know mm -hmm. i think that's kind of a it's a strange topic but it's a very real topic that when you want to consume pounds and, and you know tons of meat every single day for years on end ultimately you're becoming what the, the you know 
the accumulation of you know uh, what these animals are and how they lived and and ultimately like you know whether you want to say like you you know what what that friend believed was that you kind of almost inherit that spirit of the animals that you consume which yeah. is kind of like you know that's one way you could talk about it but like more so like on a chemical level you know mm -hmm. like we're talking about like the fats of the animal and we're talking about like toxins inside the animal and we're talking about all these things but like you know your body then has to process those things so mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent, man if you're gonna spend money on on food then you know spend the money on good quality food because if you want to eat like that for 10 to 20 years and have minimal health issues at the end of it you got to pay attention to these things and not only for you know physically what's going on inside your body uh, on a physiological level but also on a psychological level and i think that those things uh, are very closely related yeah another thing like just to add to that is i also wish that i paid more attention again kind of this piggybacks off of that to like my gut and like my gut health and what was happening like I, I wish I paid more attention to like the little things that was happening with my body like you know was my skin getting dry like was was my you know my bowel loose like you know did I you know how long how often was I going to the bathroom what was the color of my pee like even now to be honest it's a it's a kind of a weird conversation to have with my clients and stuff but i'm learning like those are some like good really good questions that give you like instant feedback but no one wants to talk about like their shit right i'll tell you a story yeah <laughs> directly directly to what you're saying because when i was like so I, you know i'm in first second year university and i'm on a budget and i'm thinking okay like what am i going to get the best bang for my buck so yeah. i'm buying all these these weight gainers right like okay yeah. i gotta get big um, you know, I want to compete in this national competition. I got to get way bigger. I was way too small. So I'm smashing weight gainers nonstop all throughout the day. I'm having like three weight gainers a day and it's, it's taking a toll on my body. Like, you know, like I'm gassy all day. I'm really bloated all day. I'm tired. I'm sluggish. And like, I'm sitting in class. I feel so crappy. I'm like, just sitting there like, Oh God, my stomach's like so bloated. Um, and so I'm leaving, I'm going home and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home, go to the gym after whatever. It's going to be all good. Before I left school, I had... <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but I feel like it's a bad story. Before I left school, I had four scoops of a weight gainer. Uh -huh. um, I'm not going to mention the name of the weight gainer, but let's just say they were big scoops and it was a solid amount of calories. So okay. I'm going to get big. I think I know who it is. <laughs> so I'm getting, I'm getting these cramps on the way home. I'm on the bus, right? I'm getting these yeah. cramps. I'm like, oh man, like this is not, this is really feeling bad. I don't know this like... I'm just getting like, you know, I'm getting a little bit sweaty. I'm like, oh man, like You're I'm a little nervous. So I'm walking, I'm getting off the bus. And all I have to do is I walk across the street uh, from the bus stop and I go down one street and then I go across the park and then I'm home. So all I got to do, I'm like, okay, I just got to make it home. And then I can, you know, handle business. all this, this garbage. Right. Yeah. So I'm on my way and I'm like, okay, the cramps are getting worse and I'm, I'm speeding up and I'm, I'm almost like running. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like the cramps were so bad, I just fully stopped and I couldn't move. And the cramps were so bad. I'm holding them. I'm like, no, this can't happen. Please no. Please no. And I'm holding, and I'm, I, I swear, I swear I fought so hard, but then after a while it just came out, man. And you just was, let it go. You're just was, like, I can't do this it, anymore. It was in my pants. It was in my shoes. It was, in my socks. It was everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I still, mind you, I still have to walk the rest of the way. Yo, home. I'm walking home. 
like this, right? And I'm just like, shame. Yeah, I'm walk, like, oh that's the real walk of shame. So I, I go home, oh. I get in, I get into my room, I take off the clothes, I throw them in the garbage, I get in the shower, and I threw out those weight gain. I was, I was like, man, I'm never, never doing you this. Yeah, I've never taken that again. Yeah, man. Like I, fuck. and I think so. Like I can't say, I can't, I can't, I can't really say how many times I've heard people say, or I've been asked, you know, what do you think about a weight gainer, Mike? And I'm just like, oh no why do they even make these things anymore like uh, if you are not you have to be like a serious ectomorph and still i just don't think i could justify giving you that if i, I was looking, a, i just don't think i, I could I justify it yeah i agree i was a serious ectomorph like yeah you know people don't believe me but when i first started training i was i was barely short of like 130 pounds so yeah you know like I think that the weight gainers did help me get up my weight a little bit, but like I probably could have done cost? not not probably I definitely could have done the same thing with whole food. Yeah, okay? and I and I probably would have less gut issues if I did that. Yeah, because like I was just so I was just so focused on getting big. You know, I was like I have mm. to get big at all costs, and I didn't even like care about my stomach health at all at the time. I was like, okay, if I'm bloated and gross, then good, I'm getting big. You know, but like. Now, now, like that kind of thinking, just like it blows my mind. Like, what was I doing? Like, I was like yeah. uncomfortable all yeah. the time. And another story, not as funny, but like still pretty serious, was I would make like shakes in the morning. It'd be like, okay, like two cups of oats. I'd put like raw eggs in there. I'd put like whole milk in there. I'd put a couple scoops of weight gain. I'd put like three tablespoons of peanut butter, and I would just have like this giant shake, like a full blender full of shake, and I would start chugging it. I'd just be like, chug, chug, chug. And like, you know, I was like late for school cause I would literally like puke all over my floor and I'd have to like clean it up. And then mm. I was so like determined that I would make it again and drink it again. Like I wouldn't like leave my house until I like had that full thing down, no matter what, yeah. if I was like, I was like 45 minutes late one time. Cause like I was already going to be late. And then I drank the shake and then I puked half of it. And then I had to clean it up, remake it, drink it all again. And I'm like mm. on my way to school, like, Ugh. Oh God, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> what was I thinking? But yeah, you know, it's, it just goes to show you that like, you know, like a sport like this, any sport really, I think like, if you look at like all, all the best guys in sports, like Jordan and stuff like that, like they were just, they were just, you know, their mind was just like, so one track minded, like, yeah. this is what I have to do. And there yeah. was no option. Like it was just has to be done. Doesn't yeah. matter the cost. And yeah. I think to a certain degree, like you need to have that, but like, you need to also become wiser. You know, like if I was doing mm. that same thing that I was doing then, how would mm. I look now? I'd probably have yeah. like, you know, a 50 inch waist and just be like horrible. looking. Yeah. Yeah. I always say like, that's been one of my phrases. Uh, it takes what it takes. Right. It like, it, 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 there's not really an excuse. Like it, whatever result, whatever result that you're, you're seeking, there's, there's going to be an exchange for it. And that's the exchange for it. Yeah. Right. We only learn how to work smarter, but it's still going to take whatever it needs to take to get there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I get what you mean by that laser beam focus. What about like, what about, so like we talked about a little bit. Of Hold on. But before we, before we move on to the next thing though, like, because just because we're talking about that right now, the other thing that I want to discuss is, is the mentality of um, get big or die trying, because I think that I wish I learned that a little bit sooner was that, 
get big or die trying is like, you know, one of the worst mottos you could ever have in bodybuilding, because first of all, if you're dead, you can't get bigger. Right. Mm -hmm. So it makes no sense. And the other thing is that if you're not healthy, you can't get better. So it makes no sense. And I don't know why people continue to say that it was popularized by, you know, a few of the online, I don't know if you want to call them gurus or whatever, but like, it was pretty obvious that they ended their careers pretty short because of, you know, the decisions they made. And I think, especially for new athletes, people that are are new to the sport, like I was, when I believed that that was the way that you had to be, uh, you have to realize that that's not a good mantra. You want to, you want to be as healthy as you can for as long as you can. So you can continue to do the sport that you love and you can get better because you're able to understand that there's, there's more that encompasses uh, a good bodybuilder or a, a good professional athlete than just getting big because getting yeah. big is a, a combination of so many different things. Like I, like I talked about, like with the food and like, we're talking about like with supplements there, there's so many things that encompass a good bodybuilder that get bigger die trying is like an outdated thing that I don't think people should ever say anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, getting big is not what wins shows. Nobody's coming into a show at 350 pounds or whatever. Like that's exactly. not yeah. what it happens. I mean, if we're going to, let's be real here. Like big Rami is probably what, one of the biggest bodybuilders right now. And like, that's probably hurting him. Just like, he's not getting that separation um at that size and i don't know like i can't say like i don't think it's really the coaching or anything anymore like he's been with like some good coaches right then some of them gotten gotten him some good shape but he still isn't getting that deep deep separation that some of the other guys have so it's not only about getting big it's about symmetry and balance and and conditioning um you know uh getting your body down to a low body fat. And if there's a lot of toxins in your body that it just can't get rid of, it's going to get stored in fat, your fat, it's your body's going to want to hold on to that fat. Um, yeah. Like I, it's not really just about getting big or die trying. Like it really isn't, like you said, I totally agree with that, man. It's about, it's about getting healthy. Yeah. You want to get big. It's bodybuilding. You want to get bigger. You want to get bigger for sure. But again, like there needs to be a balance. You want to get bigger and be able to still get lean when you need to um, and be and be healthy, be able to make it to the stage, be able to like pick up your kids at the end of the day, be able to make it to work so that you can afford like your life and to continue bodybuilding. Right. So, yeah, man. Um, what about like like vitamins and stuff like that? I know like starting out and uh, hearing a lot of people start out, they just they don't really put an emphasis on that. And I think that's a huge area for opportunity. Trace metals, vitamins, stuff like that. Um, we talked about that before where like, you know, I often recommend multivitamins and I know it's not the smartest way, but it's probably the safe. It's a, it's a safer way to cover all grounds. It's probably a way of cheating, you know, for the elite level athletes get tested, see kind of like where you're lacking um, with vitamins, trace minerals and whatever, like that's kind of the right way to go. What do you think about that? Do you think that you, did you pay attention to that type of stuff? Like, you know, vitamin D, zinc, getting your copper, or your iron, and your this and your that. Or do you, where was it? Like again, I'm more focused on supplements, and I didn't really pay enough attention to that stuff starting out. Um. Yeah. So like with with like like the multivitamin stuff, <clears throat> I used to take one religiously. I don't anymore. Um, the reason, the main reason, really, is that I read studies about. So there's there's studies on like 
they're observational studies, but they do say that people who take, or at least, you know, they allude to the fact that people that, that take multivitamins, you know, tend to have um, a higher risk of, of all cause mortality. And I don't know exactly what the reason is, but I think that maybe the reason is that, and this is just a theory, obviously, because no yeah. one really knows for sure in an observational study, but there's a bunch of these studies and they all kind of end up with very similar conclusions that people that just take a multivitamin on a daily basis, they have higher risk for all cause mortality. So that could be anything, right? Okay. But the thing is um, with, with the multivitamin, I think that if you, if you just take a multivitamin, then you're not paying attention to the minutia as much. Like you're not paying attention to what maybe what your body actually needs. And therefore yeah. you could, you could be, you know, in a false sense of security that because you're taking a multivitamin that you think you're getting all your bases covered. But I think it's very rare that you'd find like a perfect multivitamin for you because yeah. all the doses of the vitamins and the minerals are going to be just they're static, right? They're, it's a static dose and you're taking it every day. So you might be getting a lot more of one thing. You might be getting less of another thing. You might be getting combinations of things that cause your body to not absorb other minerals or other vitamins as well as they could. There's lots mm -hmm. of, there's lots of examples like that, like taking yeah. uh, calcium, for example, uh, will reduce your ability to absorb iron. So yeah. when I was taking like a multivitamin, I had low iron. It made no sense. How could I be anemic when I'm eating all this red meat? I'm taking a multivitamin, all this stuff. Um, but it happened. So all, all I'm doing now, it's, it's not like I'm not taking multivitamin and multimineral. It's just, I'm not taking a, a, a one size fit all pill. I'm taking the ones that I need and the doses that I believe that are good for me. So right. like, for example, uh, with iron. Okay. So I take an iron supplement. It has B vitamins and it has iron and it has vitamin C so I can absorb the iron better. Okay. Yeah. So that combination of, of vitamins helps me absorb that mineral or that metal a little bit better. Okay, so now I don't have low iron anymore, and that's great. Mm -hmm. I take vit vitamin D, and the vitamin D amount changes because we're well, in the sun for a little yeah. bit of the year. Okay, so yeah. if I'm in the sun for 20, 30 minutes every single day yeah. during the summer, I don't you need don't to take 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. Maybe I'll yeah. take 1,000 IUs yeah. uh, just, just to be on the safe side, right? Even though I probably yeah. don't even need that at all. Um, and I'm, sometimes if I'm outside all day in the sun, I know I don't need vitamin D. Yeah. In the winter time, I'll take 5,000, 6,000 I use. Yeah. Zinc, you know, I'll take zinc. I'll take um, uh, choline, which is really good for the brain. Magnesium, of course, I take magnesium. Everybody needs magnesium. Um, but again, like, you know, depending on, you know, certain other things you're taking, um, you know, eating. Uh, trenbolone, for example, reduces, uh, uh, it depletes your magnesium. You need to take more during that period of time, right? So it's like, just like you would probably want to cycle on and off with PEDs, you want to cycle uh, maybe not on and off with all of your vitamins, but certain yeah. ones you would like vitamin D, we just had an example of, um, but other things, you know, as well, like magnesium, you could cycle depending on, you know, how much you need at that certain uh, period of time, vitamin C, you should take vitamin C. There's, there's so many things we could go down the list, but, mm. um, but the point that I'm making here is that the one thing that I wish I learned when I first started was that uh, you're an individual person. You can't just take a one size fits all That's vitamin all. and expect to be like in perfect health. 
you yeah. need to be able to understand that. And you can check these things. If you really want to go and get, you know, a, a vitamin and mineral blood test, you can, and it'll objectively tell you what you have and what you're deficient in. And you can supplement based on that, or you can adjust your diet based on that, which is even better. So, yeah. you know, obviously diet comes first and then supplements, like you said, fill in the gaps. Yeah. So to, to, so to answer the question more specifically, like, did you, is that something that you, you weren't paying attention to that really before? No. You were just kind of trying to cover your bases. Like I mentioned, it's like, you know, this, this is kind of like what seems safe right now. It's kind of the safety net, um, whether it's false or not, that's kind of what you were doing. And I was in, I was under the impression that more is better too. So it's yeah. like, you know, if, if I could take one of these multivitamin packs, then two of them is better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And like people I, don't know, like, like you said, like one thing can throw another thing right off or yeah. are not allowed to be absorbed properly. So yeah, sometimes like you read one, like it's tricky because sometimes you read those trace metals are like, you'll read kind of a description on what they do. And you're like, Oh, this helps me absorb more protein. I'll take nine of them. <laughs> right. I'll yeah. take nine of them. It's like, ah, uh, well, you might be really tired because it's going to throw something else off or you might like shit yourself because you know, you're just whatever. Like I, yeah, you just got to pay attention to kind of, you know, what works for you. Yeah. Um, what about like, let's, let's talk a little bit about training. Is there anything that you wish that you did differently with training? Um, I think, yeah, when I first, you know, maybe when I first started training, um, I think maybe I wish I, I wish I, I learned uh, powerlifting earlier on. Yeah. Me um, too. if, if I had a good base of, of being able to train like a powerlifter, then, uh, that could have translated into more strength earlier on in my career. Yeah. But because I started training like a bodybuilder, I've always trained like a bodybuilder learned kind of how to train like a powerlifter a little bit kind of later on in my mm -hmm. career maybe i didn't get the same benefit from it yeah um and then the thing was like i think the biggest thing was that when i when i first started training i was doing you know like i was a maniac like what i would do was i would do uh, all the workouts from the arnold encyclopedia i would do them like twice a day so in the morning I wake up and I would do like that workout. It was like, whatever, back, whatever, back biceps, rear delts, whatever. I would do that. So it was like deadlifts, chin-ups, uh, whatever. I was training like in my room, right? So I had like mm -hmm. some barbells and stuff. And I would train and I would do that, you know, in the morning before I went to school. And then I would come home and then my buddy would come over and then we would do the same workout again. So I was like doing like the same thing twice per day, which like made no sense. Yeah. Um, but more then, is, is you know, that concept of more is better. You were, yeah, more is better. I was like, okay, I'm going to train in the morning and then I'm going to train at night and it's going to be like double the gains. Obviously that yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> but, you know, even, even like, you know, uh, even till now, like I have to like check myself, like, am I staying in the gym too long? Am I doing too many uh, exercises? Am I doing too many sets? What I'm trying to do is pay attention to, the exercises that I get the best benefit from instead of doing yeah. like, you know, six exercises for chest, I'm focusing on like the three that give me the best benefit. And then I'll pick like one or two after that, that I want to improve my ability to perform. So yeah. the first three exercises are the ones that I'm good at that I that I know I get a good stimulus from and I put all, you know, almost all my effort there. And then I have a little bit left over to put into learning some movements so that I'm able yeah. to still have a, a diverse movement pattern. But 
but like if I was always just trying to change the exercises or uh, always just try to put every exercise I can do for chest into one workout, it, it, I would just overtrain. I wouldn't grow. And I think that for people that are like hard gainers or ectomorphs or whatever, those, those people, they have to pay more attention to the volume of training they're doing mm -hmm. um, because you want to not get to the point where you're putting in all of your energy into that training session so that you can't recover for the next one. You have to right. be able to, you know, give a hundred percent to those exercises that you get a good benefit from and then stop so you can recover. So you can actually build that muscle, right? Cause yeah. like, like you could take from me doing the same thing twice in one day, I wasn't able to build maximum muscle from that because my body was just being overtrained. So, you know, I think, I wish I knew from the beginning that overtraining is a real thing. And for some reason there was like, this this saying that there's no such thing as overtraining if you're eating enough but trust me i was eating more than i could even possibly imagine during periods of my career and because i thought that that was true because people who were more advanced than me were saying that i thought that i could train for like three hours in the gym and because i was like drinking like 100 grams of carbs during my workout because i was eating like 300 400 grams of protein 800 carbs you know every single day that I would still be able to grow, but all I was doing was putting a lot of damage into my body. My central nervous system was getting overrun. All I was really doing was I was making myself tired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to, like you said so much stuff there that just made complete sense and that I agree with. Say I made some of those same mistakes. I wish I started on powerlifting um, and I really developed strength and learned like how to change just strength. I've never really been like, Oh, like, I'll just, just see if I can do like one rep or two reps or three reps. It was always, you know, if, if that happened, it was just by chance. It was just like, I'm just going to come push myself. And if that's what I get, that's what I get. But I was pushing for, you know, more volume. Um, I didn't make the mistake of training several times a day. I'll actually, I have tried it, but it just didn't really work out for me. But I did make the mistake of just overloading too much into one workout and switching stuff too long, too often, not allowing my body to adapt to the new stimulus or the new movement. I would just switch it up and there would always be something different. Um, yeah, putting too much too, too much into work, one workout was definitely a thing for me. Like you mentioned with an ectomorph, um, it depends on the person, but you know, I try to... Uh, I would suggest for an ectomorph to maybe not do so much more volume and increase the intensity, right? Slow the workout down, push some heavier, even heavier weights, maybe go down to like six reps, take longer rest. Um, so you, again, you're not expending as much calories, you know, you know, jumping through, going through volume and, and time under tension or time under load. Um, but yeah, I made those, I made that mistake too. Uh, wish i i could only wish or, or imagine like what would happen different what would how i would look different <clears throat> had i'd spend that time kind of just doing like the basic ones like the basic like push pull a basic like upper body lower or you know that type of workout which i do now and like similar to you now i kind of do 
you know, my power movements and I'll have some functional stuff at the end, um, maybe some volume at the end where I can drive some blood into the muscle. But I also load the front end of my workout in my warmups with functional stuff. So my warmups are actually exercises, right? So I might have like a Bulgarian split squat as a warm up paired with like some, you know, stretches or whatever, then I squat. My warm up is not going to be heavy though, you know, maybe like five reps, body weight. Again, I'm treating it more of like an intense PNF stretch, right? Like just, it's, that's kind of what it is. It's a workout, but I'm getting a stretch with it too. And then I go into my, my workout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a good one too. Like, um, the importance of being like mobile and Mm -hmm. mobility and stability basically is, you know, what I'm trying to say, because I think that you know, with all my, my previous coaches, no one ever even mentioned like mobility or stability work. Yeah. It was just like, here's your workout, go do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then you just go into the gym and you start with your bench press or whatever. Maybe you do a little bit of, you know, uh, rotator cuff, you know, yeah. but like, that's not enough, man. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, and it wasn't so- prescribed to you. It was this kind of you just diving yeah. in thinking, Oh, maybe exactly. I should do that. I have a lot more intent with my workout now too. Like I pay attention yeah. to what's going on to my body. Oh, this is tight. This is not feeling right. This is not, you know, this is not moving right. And then I have warm up specifically for that. And I reassess as I'm warming up and I'm going into my, my working sets. I'm going back into my warm ups and checking it out back into my working set, my, or my warm up sets. Okay. This is still not off. I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to not do that. Um, and there's some intent with my my warm-ups where I didn't do that before. I would just jump under the bar, yeah. get into the gym. Okay, time to do legs. Let's get under like a squat bar. That's first. So I'm just going to go under squat bar and I'll do, you know, 10 reps there. That's my warm-up. Now let's start loading the bar. Yeah, Terrible. or or, or doing like, you know, like a, like a leg extension for a warm-up. For first yeah. Like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. But, you know, like it's easy to fall into that trap. And it was only until <clears> – <throat> I worked with, you know, guys like Benoit and then uh, being, you know, fortunate, you and I, uh, yeah. fortunate to train with people like Jordan and Ben Pekulski, who put yeah. a lot of emphasis, like, like that is like where you put your emphasis is on the mobility and stability so that you have the ability to have a good workout session. It's yeah. not the other way around. And yeah. <clears throat> it was only until recently that, you know, maybe the last couple of years that I've been focusing very hard on keeping my mobility, keeping my stability. And like you said, like, you know, being, you know, having the ability to not go full into a set until I know that I'm able to like, you know, have that mobility and stability in that exercise so that I can get the best benefit from it. And the thing is that this is what I wish I knew when I started is even if you're able to like get yourself into a squat, when you have some weight on the bar for example like mm-hmm. you know that's that's like being that's like being pushed passively into a stretch like yeah. if you're not able to do these these movements where you're you're able to move your own body without get like there yourself stimulus yeah. then you're putting yourself not only at risk for injury that's only that's only half of the case the other half of the case is that you're greatly re- limiting your ability to build muscle because you're now not able to get fully into a lengthened range and fully into a shortened range and yeah. i've recently i've been doing like like when i'm doing like uh like a back exercise for example i'm doing my back exercise and then i'm doing uh, a 10 second stretch like a hard stretch like a very hard stretch and then okay. i'm doing a 10 second like a pose like so it'll be like okay i do like uh let's do, let's do lat pull downs and then stretch my lat hard on one side stretch my lat 
hard on the other side and then lat spread. spread and yeah so I'm, I'm doing you know i'm lengthening but then i'm also shortening with the lat spread so it's mm. like you you don't you don't just want to teach your body to lengthen or teach your body to or to shorten you want to teach your body to lengthen and shorten together yeah. as one maximum yeah. length maximum contraction that's yeah. how you can get that stimulus to build muscle and i wish i knew that when i first yeah. started and on to that point like i i i had that <laughs> so funny that we're we're going through all the same stuff i'm like shit i did that too um too many like isolated movements too yeah. many isolated movements too much of like okay i'm gonna i'm just gonna hammer the leg like the, the leg extension um i've always done squats too but like for the longest time, I just ran from lunges. I wanted no part of lunges, yeah. like probably more functional than your squat. Like there's a case to be made there. Um, you know, I would, uh, I was stronger on the Smith machine for shoulders. So since I wanted shoulders, let's just hammer shoulders. And there's like an argument to be made. Yeah. You can load the shoulder more and whatever. Maybe, maybe under some, you know, context, you could build some muscle, more muscle there. Maybe I, I, I'm not going to make that argument, but to, you still need to be functional there. If I can't do that properly, if I'm not functional doing that, if I'm loading it in a position that I can't get in myself, like you said, there's such a great opportunity. There's so much, um, you know, money left on the table up for grabs if I can't do it properly. So yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else? talking about if we're still talking about training um yeah for sure like not changing your workouts uh, is a big one yeah um like just always sticking with the same exercises is not a good idea but also changing them up too frequently is a good idea is not a good idea um but one thing is i think uh maybe a lot of guys a lot of girls fall into this type of trap is following someone else's workout like like verbatim just because oh you know God. they're they have the physique that you want, for example, and like I used to do this all all the time. I used to. Oh, me too. A, a, right, you watch a YouTube video and it's Jay Cutler or so whatever, stupid. and then you go into the gym and then you do the same thing, and you're like, oh, why don't why don't I look like Jay Cutler? Yeah. <laughs> right now, but hey, you got to realize, like, you know, Dude. when we talked, we talk about this all the time, but like, um, you know, creating you know a training program is like essentially an art because it's going to be very unique to your own body your own brain what you need and it changes it's dynamic yeah let me share let me share this story so um was it last weekend i think i did this assessment with this girl you know wanted to train or whatever she knows who she is as she's watching and um <laughs> so she's telling me she's like yeah sometimes i train with my boyfriend and whatever so my meanwhile this is like this little tiny little girl like um, woman woman but she's small right really small and she's like okay i don't really want to get big i just kind of want to want to tone and i hate that word oh my god every time i hear the word tone i just want to like bash my head into a wall but anyway she's like i want to tone so i'm like okay so either you just want to you want to get some more muscle or you want to lose some fat or it's a combination of the both of both of those things she's like yeah okay cool she's like i really don't want to get bigger though i just you know i i more so just kind of want to lean up if anything just a tiny bit bigger okay cool um she's like okay so yeah i trained with my boyfriend and, you know, this is kind of what we do. And she's, like, showing me, like, bicep curls and stuff like that. And I'm, like, okay, cool. Um, this makes a whole lot of sense. And I'm, like, so what you're saying to me is that 
you don't want to get bigger. You don't want to like grow these body parts, but you train with your boyfriend who wants that exact same thing that you don't want. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, huh, makes complete sense. Like you want to grow your butt. You're not really squatting. You're not deadlifting. You're not doing no stiff like deads. You're not doing GHRs. You're not doing reverse hypers. You're not doing any of that stuff. You might throw yourself under some glute thrusts now and then but you are doing like you know bench press because he's doing it or you might curl a bar because you want to be close to him or whatever and i'm just like where is the logic here where is the logic like i and i made that mistake too and like that's why i can't even like hate on her because i'm like in a different way i made that same mistake like i used to look at people and be like yeah like this guy's doing you know, this much weight. So I got to get there or this guy's doing, you know, this exercise. And a big thing is coming to a realization that like work within your capacity, right. And, and try to work just outside of it. That's how you adapt, right. Is working, forcing your body to do what it can't do, but you can't be on a completely different wavelength than what it can do. Right. Um, making small incremental like uh, improvements and 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 changes uh, in your workout, allowing your body to adapt a little bit at a time, and not trying to make these big leaps in like my training, right? Like, have you seen? Have you ever heard somebody like they bench like you know three plates for the first time? Okay, I got three fifty, and the next thing is like, okay, next stop four oh five, or like we're gonna do four oh five next month, and it's like. How, what you're gonna you think you're gonna add 95 pounds on next month not gonna happen not properly you're not doing that weight properly just gonna be honest here yeah yeah for sure no i definitely agree with you um yeah i mean i think well there it's good to maybe sometimes to try to emulate people that are better than you because it is a way to learn yeah um, for sure but but you definitely cannot just follow someone else's workouts blindly and expect it to work for you. Um, I think the, the best way you could go about it is being able to train with that person. And I know that's obviously not going to be realistic for most people, but if, if you can train with that person who you want to become essentially, mm -hmm. then they can teach you things about your own body rather than trying to copy things about their body, which it probably won't translate to yours, but like, you know, like I, like we mentioned before, being able to train with Ben Kalsi, amazing experience. I learned so many things that I, I will probably continue to use in my yeah. training probably forever just because it's so effective and it continues to teach me things about how I train and how I need to train. But the cool thing about Ben, like, is like what we said is like, he is a, the person that will say, you know what, like, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm doing, but you should probably do it this way. Yeah. Right. And some trainers don't have that intelligence, intelligence or that intellect, I should say, or that awareness to be like, yeah, this is, this is what, this is, this is the intent that we want. This is the stimulus that we want, or this is, you know, the goal that we're trying to achieve with this exercise, but you're going to have to do it this way. You know, yeah. you're going to have to kind of work within this box. Yeah. Like, um, like, like any exercise can be done so many different ways. Like yeah. a stiff leg deadlift, for example, like, yeah, you know, based on like your limb length and yeah. based on your yeah. biomechanics and all these other things, 
there's so many different ways that you could do that exercise that you know trying to copy the way like kai green does it for example like, yeah you know i've tried to do that and like i'm like oh why aren't my hamstrings growing well it's because his body's completely different than mine but like when you see something visually yeah. you you can it's easy for you to kind of replicate that versus like if someone just tells you like do a stiff leg deadlift like on a program you say okay go do a stiff leg deadlift that's why you know i usually will try to at least explain it in text like how I want you to do this exercise, but then taking it a step above that, I try to get my clients to send me videos of exercises that they're doing so I can coach them. Because if I, if I don't have the ability to train with them in person, I want to see how they're doing things so that I can give them, uh, so I can coach them and give them advice on how they're actually performing the exercises that I'm giving them. Because if you give 10 people the same exercise, like a stiff leg deadlift, for example, then every single one of those 10 people, it's going to look different for. And mm-hmm. in order to get each person to train the way they need to, to get the stimulus that we're after, you have to realize like, it's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. And that's just, and that's, you know, I wish I knew that when I first started rather than like, Oh, like this guy has the best hamstrings. It always has to look like that stiff leg deadlift. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. It's just, yeah. that's what worked for that guy. He's been yeah. doing it long enough and now he's developed the hamstrings that I want. But if I'm going to get hamstrings like that, I have to develop my own way to perform this exercise. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right about that one. Back, just going back to Ben for a second, even like just if anybody gets the chance to see this monster, like squat, his squat is just, it's just hit you. It's no wonder why he has like legs like that. Cause he's just able to maintain a certain position and get into a position that just most people cannot get into. He can just load his quads so well. Um, I'm a much taller, you know, um, person. My limbs are very different. My structure is different. I'm not going to like by physics, not even biomechanics, just by physics. I can't, I can't, I won't be able to get into that position the same way he can. That doesn't mean I can't grow some wicked wheels. Same thing for you guys. Like it doesn't mean that you can't grow some, you know, awesome legs. It just means you got to go about it different. Yeah. Just don't, you can't get discouraged just because your exercise doesn't look like someone else's exercise. Yeah, man. What about, um, let's go back to more about like competing. Any, anything, that you wish you knew more about competing, like day of, day of competing. I wish I, I, funny story. So the first time I competed, I know everybody has their, for their story, the tan. So um, I book my tan and everything. <laughs> you probably know where I'm going with this. And I get there and like, it's absolute touch all a bunch of ladies in and they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to do your tan. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, okay, you guys going to give me something to like cover up with or whatever. Nope. Just butt ass naked. Nobody told me about like the whole sock thing. But then later on, like I know some, some females from absolute touch and they're just like, don't do the sock thing. It's so stupid. Uh, But I kind of wish I knew like what I was walking into. I don't know if it would have made a difference in my choice, but I just would have wish I knew I was so weirded out by that whole thing we're just all in there just butt ass naked and like there's just a random lady a room full of fulfilled filled with ladies actually and they're just like yeah just yeah spread your ass cheeks for me for a bit bend over for a bit <laughs> it's like fuck me did yeah, you have that I experience mean, too 
Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and other things too. I mean, with, with tan, um, like having like a tan that goes orange, having a tan that goes green. Yeah. Like that's not fun either, but you know, yeah. for sure, man, like, you know, one thing that I wish I knew for sure was that there's, you know, there's a lot of skin prep that goes into tanning. Um, you know, uh, we don't need to talk about that too much, but for sure, like, you know, having you know, like the pH of your skin, uh, balanced is really key to having a good looking tan. If it's off, then that's kind of what happens when it goes like orange or green or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, talking about competing, we talked about this extensively before, but like the peak week thing, you know, I've yeah. done yeah, yeah, like yeah. so many different Little methods things, yeah. of, of peaking and stuff like, you know, everything from like, <clears throat> like, uh, and in the first OPA show I did, I was doing like, um, like, uh, three days of cutting water, you know, the whole, okay, you start out with like a ton of water, 10 liters, whatever, and then you cut it by half and then you cut it by half again the next day and then you cut it by half. And then on the day of the show, you don't drink anything. Uh, but then while you're doing that, you're also uh, increasing your carbs. So like, you know, every day is more carbs and you're throwing in peanut butter cups and stuff. It just, it makes no sense. Yeah. But, you know, I did it and I made those mistakes. And obviously that's the reason why I don't do those, those kind of things now. Um, guru things, you know, like yeah. thing, things, things that it's very hit or miss with. Like yeah. it might work for one person, but then, you know, 99% of the other people get, makes them look worse. Those yeah. kind of things, you know, I didn't know that when I first started. So I followed those cookie cutter, you know, protocols of very blindly. And, you know, I believed in them at the time because, you know, it was, it was exciting to do uh, like a protocol, like, Ooh, this is the protocol. This is what's going to make me look, you know, magically better. And, yeah. you know, I believed in that at the time. Right. But then I realized like, like I was looking so good, like a week before. And now I, I look watery on stage and I don't look very good. And over time, like that's what's developed. And we talked about this with the peak week protocols. If you guys haven't listened to that one, you, that was our second episode we did. But I mean, that that's a huge one. Like, you know, ruining your physique in a couple of days of, you know, trying to, you know, su you know, make it like 1% better and then making it look 50% worse. Yeah. Uh, I've done that a couple of times. I've done that, you know, to the point where I went from, you know, like a second place and I dropped to like a fourth place because I was doing something that a coach had told me to do that even though at the time I knew better, that was after I've done a couple of these and I, okay, I knew, okay, it didn't, it didn't work the last couple of times, but this guy's telling me to trust him. Okay. I'm going to trust him. And it didn't work. And I looked worse. Yeah. Uh, I just for remembered something about the whole training stuff that I, that I wish I did. I wish I paid more attention to lagging body parts. Okay. Yeah. yeah I wish I trained more, more attention to that. Like, um, a, a big lagging body part for me was hamstrings. And I didn't really, I didn't really pick that up for a while. Uh, I didn't pick up that was something that needed to be worked on. Um, I think cause when I first started training, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be a bodybuilder. So it wasn't, I wasn't looking for like at a complete package, but as a fitness person, as somebody that was going to the gym and a fitness enthusiast, I should have paid more attention to being balanced um, and the functionality of our hamstrings huge anyway. Um, so yeah, I wish I, I wish I paid more attention to that stuff. I think a lot of people have 
they don't pay attention at first when they get into training to like what they can't see. Right. So, you know, now we're a little bit more educated where like, we know that that backs, our backs are important and how we look from the backs important. But I think just the general population too, like they don't pay attention so much to what they don't see the average dude that just wants to look good on the beach. Like he's just like, okay, I'm just going to train my arms, my shoulders and you know, some traps um, maybe he trains some legs if he's smart. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people like we don't pay attention to the things that they can't see. So I wish I paid more attention to that. I think, I think the number one neglected body part for bodybuilders is the abs because yeah. it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we're told like you, you get, you get your ab training. Th- I don't know who, I don't know where this came from, but, yeah. but there, there was, there was that thing where it's like, you know, you get enough ab training through deadlifts and squats. Yeah. You don't need to train your abs direct. I have no idea where that came from, but it's so untrue. Like, yeah. Like, especially, you know, this is genetic too. Some people have really thick, good looking abs w- without needing to train them a lot. But mm-hmm. still, I think that they would probably still get a benefit from training them. Yeah. But like for myself, uh, my abs are thinner. They don't, they, they really don't grow uh, or not, maybe not grow, but they, they don't develop. Uh, through deadlifts and squats they only develop through actual direct ab work and isolating them and and doing things like planks doing things like um, like side planks regular planks um, like uh, ab wheels uh, hang uh, ab raises things like that those those are the only things recently that have been able to develop my abdominals the way I want them to look on stage Um, but I just think that it's one of those body parts that gets neglected because it's like okay, like here's my split, you know, for most people, it's, you know, uh, chest, back, legs, arms, and shoulders, but where's the time, maybe someone, maybe, maybe most people, they'll throw some calves in at the Mm -hmm. end of their leg workout, Mm -hmm. maybe some people will throw in some forearms at the end of their back workout, maybe Mm -hmm. some people will throw in some abs at the end of their whatever, but it's like, like you mentioned, it's like, those are probably going to be lagging body parts. My forearms were lagging. My abs were lagging. My calves are okay, but they're not amazing. I want them to be amazing. I want my forearms to be amazing, abs to be amazing. And therefore, in order to make body parts amazing, you have to prioritize them, like you just said. So uh, especially with abs, if you are getting to the point where you are, you know, uh, overarching your back, you're getting back pumps, you're not able to squat, deadlift and train the way you want to because your lower back is doing so much work to keep your body upright and your abs are not doing any of the work well you have to prioritize them otherwise you're not going to get a balanced looking physique yeah yeah i know yeah for sure and it's not not only are you gonna not going to have a balanced looking physique but you're just going to be limiting in limited in some of your training because that's going to be the link weight weak link in your um in your exercises and if you i mean if you don't have a strong core like everyone will say oh core 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 but they don't train it as you said but if you don't have like a strong core like that's going to translate and cross over to a lot of movements like it's going to cross over into a lot of movements yeah a lot like it's it's almost well when you think about it it's responsible for using any extremity like when you 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 don't intentionally turn it on but it turns on to move an extremity yeah but exactly it's even like you know if you're having a hard time 
with developing your hamstrings and you're laying on a laying hamstring curl and, you, and your hips are coming up, well, you're probably weak in your, your glutes. You're probably weak in your abdominals. If you were mm -hmm. to strengthen your abdominals, you'd be able to lock yourself in and stabilize yeah. on that pad a little bit more so you can train your hamstrings better. So yeah, yeah ne neglect, uh, neglecting, you know, the weak part of your body uh, just because it's weak is a bad idea. And yeah. I you know I did that for a long period of time. You know, yeah. it's only until the last couple of years that I realized that I have to train my abs directly because even though maybe I trained them a little bit here and there, it was like an afterthought. It was like at yeah. the end of my workout, I'm tired. Yeah, Let's just do it. But, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I like I like the fact that like that you said that training weak weak body parts and like when you mentioned you mentioned abs and core and stuff like that because I think we talk about it a lot, but and then on one side like we talk about like we'll we'll say okay you need a strong core but nobody talks about training when it comes to like training them it's so weird they'll just say well abs are made in the kitchen but like that's a it's not true they're not made there they're they're made visible there right yeah. they're made visible there they're not made there um and yeah, it's just, I, it's, I've always found that interesting how we're just like, we talk about like how we need them so much when we're training, but then you don't train them. They're just, when it comes to training them, they're like, oh, don't worry about training them. Just eat. Right. Like, no, uh, no, that's not going to happen. Um, anything else that you kind of wish that you did? Um, there probably is more, but you know what? I think, you know, that was a pretty decent amount of uh, stuff that we talked about. Um, I got one more thing. I got yeah. one more thing. Um, okay, one more thing. The last thing is just that um, I was like the first couple of times I, I bought, I, I did some shows. I was, I'm going to say I'd almost very selfish. Um, it is a very selfish sport, but there is a way to find a balance and give to the people that like you love and your friends and, and keep them around and keep them happy to some degree. Um, I wish just kind of knowing that I wish I knew how to balance that the way I do now then um, because like, I've got to say, thank I, I've got to be thankful to like the people that were around and that supported me and that had my back or whatever. But guys, like if you're doing a show, if you have, if you're just an athlete competing for something, just remember the people that around you are there and they care for you and support you. Um, yeah, that's really it. Yeah. Well, for sure. Like, you know, because bodybuilding is, it's a marathon. It's like a 15 to 20 year endeavor. There's going to be a lot of people that come and go from your life and you can't take it personally when people go, you can't, you also can't take it personally when people want to see you fail. Um, but there's going to be a lot of people who become part of your circle. And those are the, the relationships that you want to nurture and you don't want to neglect, um, you know, on a prep or, you know, just because you're bodybuilding. Um, because those essentially are the people that are going to help you be successful. So, yeah, they're the ones that are going to help you, you know, get that pro card or be successful pro or just win a show, any show. Right. And, and they'll be around after bodybuilding too. And that's for almost, sure, you know, just as important. Right. So, yeah, man, yeah. I think, I think that covers it, man. I think that was a great episode. I hope you guys took a lot from that. There's a lot of like gems in there for sure. Yeah, Definitely. And, um, you know, we are on uh, iTunes, we are on Spotify, we're on YouTube, Buried Under the Bar, and we hope you guys enjoy listening to us, like always, you know, and if you guys have a question for us that you want us to discuss on a future episode, please contact us through Instagram, you can DM Mike at musclecoach.mike or myself at Strand Strong. You can also 
um, message us on YouTube as well. But if you can send us a question, we will answer it in a future episode. And yeah, that's it. We'll see you guys uh, next time. All right. Stay buried under the bar, guys.